Here we go. Go and get your friends. <laughs> go and get your friends. Go and get your for uh, friends. Go and get your friends. What? Tell them what is this life? What you tell them? Go and get your friends because we're about to blow your mind. Go and get your friends. Exchange with Pastor Tony. You are now listening to Portals. Wow. Come on, y'all was holding notes on key. You, like, you really dropped that volume for the theme so slow. Beautiful. You know, it had to play out, you know. So yeah. You had to fade in, fade Pull out properly. Fade out. Less editing in the post, you know. Well done. So we have Pastor Tony Cassis. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our Portals podcast. Yes. Pastor Nathan Cassis. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And Dr. Robin Cassis. Hi. (laughs) I couldn't compete with... It's not a competition. It's not. It's a showcase. It's an expression. What? Every time we say hello, it's like a it's a no, little no, personality. No. With Hello. That's it. Uh, <laughs> That's why I only needed to I say got you. Hi. Look, you're in the fifth dimension. I got to yell to you because I'm still in 3D no, when I introduce you to people. Bring it into the it third dimension, <laughs> yes. please. Right away. <laughs> right. I was in 3D talking Get to that, you in 5D, uh, so I had to yell. You know, That's wonderful. Wrong. Wonderful. Um. We're going to kick this portal off with a recap from you, Pastor Tony. We're going to jump right into what you talked about because I need to be recapped because I wasn't there today. Yeah, that's I fine. was at church, people. I was at church, but I was with the children. you were with the children. I was with children's the children. church. Saving the kids, saving the babies. You know? <laughs> I love that. So song. go for it, Pastor Tony. Tell us what you talked about. Uh, yeah, I think I called it uh, uh, Firm Foundation, right? And you know it's going to change. Nathan doesn't like my uh, no. sermon title, so he's going to adjust it. No. So the right foundation, I think it was called. Anyway, it was about how um, the Lord does not build on a structure. The right visual is what it will be called. The ah, right visual. That's very good. And I was explaining to our people this this evening that the Lord won't build on a structure that he hasn't. Um, you know, being the instigator of or the creator of. He uh, often wants to demolish all of the old ways, all of the old strategies, you know, that we often bring into the kingdom. And he starts again. He starts on the right foundation. And I'm referring to your vision, your dream, um, and how that can sort of turn into a kind of a fantasy if you keep pushing God out of the picture and more of yourself. And so it was a, uh, it was a surgical strike in the spirit 
because uh, a lot of people have the you know the intentions of you know glorifying the Lord in their life, um, and they're they're reaching out and trying to fulfill a destiny they believe that is God God breathed. But somewhere in in the journeying towards that destiny, they get off track. Yeah, and the um, the actual dream starts driving them yep. rather than the spirit of the Lord. And so I think one of the big takeaways from what I was sharing was that God often can change course. He can change the course of the river as you're on your journey. And that's that frustrates a lot of people because it doesn't explain why there's been a change. Mm. So um, typically in New York City, a lot of people come here to fulfill their dream of you know perf- perf- uh, the uh, performing arts uh, or their writing career or their TV career, fashion, finance. And often they end up working in areas that have nothing to do with their dream. Mm. And uh, many Christians go through the same because they, they feel like if, like if they're in a Broadway kind of arena or a business arena and they're here in New York, they feel in order to fulfill God's, you know, God's dream for their life, they have to be in that particular field immediately. Mm. But as we know from the uh, example of Scripture, um, many times when the Lord shows you his plan, the end game isn't necessarily what you'll be doing for the rest of your life. For Mm. instance... You know, David was anointed king when he was 17, right? But he became an outlaw. Mm. Actually, he became a musician first. Yeah. That was his first connection to the kingship. He became Saul's, uh, you know, harpist and, you know, he appeased that evil spirit that came upon him. But that was God's way of connecting him to his completion. And then for another 13 years, he was an outlaw. He was... Pursued by King King Saul mm-hmm. as an outlaw, he lived in caves. He lived outside of Judea for many many years. He even went to to the Philistines and acted like a madman um, um, before he was you know inst- installed as king over Judah and king over Israel itself. And so many examples in the Bible where the Lord shows a person a dream, and they they want to walk into that vision immediately but god changes the course several times because his character building he's he's showing his faithfulness he's showing his grace so that's the bulk of what we discussed tonight many times when god calls us to fulfill his plan and his purpose we don't always understand the the changes in the river as it sort of crescends down you know, the from the, the heights down into the valleys and then eventually out to the sea. And that's sometimes scary because the Lord often doesn't tell us it's part of the plan. Yeah, that's good. And I think all of us here are experiencing changes in our ultimate destiny, changing course, not the actual destiny, mm. but for the, route, the route between A and B in the Lord is never a straight line. And I came on with something that it is important, and that is uh, God gives us uh, like a blueprint. 
He gives us, uh, I, I looked at it this way, I said, you get uh, a jigsaw puzzle and uh, there's a real picture there and uh, you get all the pieces, right? And you put these pieces together to make the picture. But that's not the way it works with Christians. Christians want to add more pieces to the picture. And that literally throws the whole picture off and we find that we're in chaos because we've added more and the picture then becomes another half a picture. You see, never finished. And so, uh, you know, and this, this is particularly because uh, we become in, in, a, in a way uh, unable to really see that we have a God who's bigger than the dream. That was a gem and a half, yeah. my goodness. God is bigger than, than the, dream. the dream. If I could at this, at this point. Um, Sorry, I've got to finish it off. And bigger than the fantasy. Oh, there you go. And that fantasy was what I was going to sort of hook up with because I know we wanted to keep a lot of the more detailed stuff for the portal. but um, We're in the portal. The pastor <laughs> wanted to... Um, She's got shade for days. This <laughs> we're in the portal. Yeah, we know what you're saying. You were yeah. saying in the sermon, yeah, like yeah. We, you didn't want to give too much away. We didn't give too much in the sermon yeah. away because pastor wanted us yeah. to more, more open it up more in, in the portal. Yeah, pastor actually said to me when I got on the stage, don't you give too much away now. Yeah. So... Well, it's actually, what your portion was interesting because you wanted to talk about the fantasy part, but you brought up how the church has had people coming up thinking, my call is in the world. I'm going to go into Hollywood or I'm going to go into the music industry or the TV industry or the business industry and I'm going to change it. And What, what happens is they, they go out feeling they're ready and they're strong and they're going to be nation changers. And what happens is the the evil that's out there, it's it's cl it's clothed in glory, it's clothed in fame, and not many Christians are strong enough to withstand the temptation. Yeah, and they end up falling away, you know. And I'll just mention a few like Whitney Houston started in the church, ends up in the world, her life is destroyed. One who's actively doing that is Beyonce. Knowles, now known as Beyonce Carter, starts in the church, you know, has a gift of yeah. singing and worship, goes into the world, we lose her. She's now totally the other way. But I think it's, I, I don't remember her really starting in the church. I think she was more uh, influenced by family to do with church. Maybe her grandmother, if I can remember it, but I think Taylor Swift is one that started in the church, and, and uh, Katy Perry. Is Perry, it? yeah, yeah, they Pastor's started daughter, in the church and ended up in the uh, world. Justin Bieber, yeah, he he started in church. He still believes he's in church, but yeah, we'll well, we'll leave that. Hallelujah. Another one that maybe maybe Americans don't know, um, Guy Sebastian, but he won the first Australian Idol. Yeah, he was raised in the church, you know, and and. As soon as he got the fame and the fortune, he totally his theology turned around completely the opposite. So I'm, I'm not 
putting bringing them that, down. I'm not putting any of those guys down because many times, like like I said, they went out thinking they were going to be an influence for good. Yeah. And unfortunately, bad company corrupted their good character. And so Nate brought that out because sometimes your vision is actually a fantasy because you're reading into the ultimate goal that God's called you to. You're reading into that ways and methods that God isn't necessarily in. And the, and the biggest test is, can you trust God with turning the vision around, turning the course, or even killing it? Okay? And many, many saints can't let it die. If God says walk away from it, they can't because they've tasted something that they believe they need. I think that comes down to the fact that what I said before, started in the church, had the parts for the puzzle, but then, uh, you know, started adding more parts, which uh, went and actually destroyed the picture. And to make reference, because, you know, we'll always have those, some Christians, I don't want to say those Christians, some Christians that say, well, of course not me. I wouldn't be tempted into doing something other than Christ-like things. But all of this stuff has been gradual and subtle. Like, you know, you say yes to one thing, and then you continue to say yes to the many things and say, oh, it won't hurt. And before you know it, things have changed Mm -hmm. just off of that boundary alone. But I digress. Continue. I was going to say that um, tonight uh, there was some prophecy that went forward in the office. We gave someone a prophecy. I'm not going into details except to say uh, the the desire was to be great in the kingdom of God, for God. And uh, I, my statement was that's the desire of everyone. Yeah. But how is he going to do that yeah. with you? And it wasn't through what maybe he thought would happen that it was more to do with your testimony. The testimony was the thing that God was going to use. But that thinking wasn't from him. That was from the Lord saying that. Yeah, that's good. Because the other was to do with maybe preaching and and doing that sort of ministry. Mm -hmm. But his testimony was the powerful thing, the transformation. And what's interesting is that um, I'm learning a lot about dreams because I'm taking wisdom through dream interpretation, right? Mm. And I'm doing my doctorate in that, and that's part of my counselling course. And I did a dream seminar last year, but I'm really going into the depths, doing biblical studies on what was the ingredients for God to give Abraham a dream, to give Jacob a dream, remember he, when he came to Abraham and promised him what he promised him, he was in a dream. And so dream, the sense of the word is in going to sleep and having a dream and the dream that you have for your life. But um, one thing that the Lord is really teaching me is that, and this is really weird to me because for someone that dreamt as an artist and for someone that, you know, had a big, you know, scope of what they wanted their destiny in Christ to look like. This goes against everything that I would have thought a dream was about. 
but I'm learning that a dream is actually more about you finding your identity in Christ than what you can do for Christ. And um, and uh, it takes a journey to get there. But the problem is with those people that start in the church, they always change. See, God is more interested in finding you finding out who you are in him and finding out who he believes you to be. Because another thing that I'm learning is there's two opposing wars well, there's two opposing forces that are always battling in our in our lives. And it's the real reality of who God says we are and then the belief of who we think we are. And that is always going to be at war. And a part of the dream thing is God has a dream for your life. It's his dream. It's his dream. It's his way of looking at how you encapsulate all of him on this earth. That's what his dream is for your life all of your fulfillment. But the fantasy often occurs when you forget it's about who you are and who he is in you and you make it about what you can do for him and you make it about what he can do for you. And um, it's funny because when he changed Jacob's name, he was asleep in a dream. He came to him. When he came to Abram and said, I'm going to give you this many you know, yeah. um, descendants, count the stars in the heavens, it was all about identity. It wasn't about what Abraham could do for him. And I think a lot of the problem with Christian artists in the church is they make it, it's like they're, um, they're pseudo saviors. I'm going to go in and I'm going to conquer and I'm going to take over and I'm going to win the arts mountain and they end up getting won over themselves, you know? So it's very, it's very important to remember that Dreams are always going to be tied up with um, the way I p would put it is that God, the way that God sees the fullness of your life. And you talked about something tonight. You talked about how we undersell. It's not big enough, you know. And I've heard, you know, like motivational speakers say like, well, you know, if it doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. But that's easy to say. Yeah. But what's funny about what you said and what's really important is – like take example for Joseph, I was contemplating because one of the studies that we had to do was, well, what if Joseph had prematurely stepped out and activated something before its time? Like what if he had lived in the fantasy? Let's just put a hypothetical out while we go, before we go into the break. What if he had lived in the fantasy of, because he had the dream from God, like, you know, that people were going to serve him, his brothers were going to serve him. So he already had a burning desire in him to rule. From a young age, he knew he was going to be someone of great prominence and importance. And then the enemy tries to capitalize that when he brings him into, you know, Potiphar's house and brings Potiphar's wife. But one of our studies was, well, what, what if Joseph had acted on that temptation, on that fantasy, right? And one of the, you know, results, think about this, was he, if he had acted on that and let's say he had gone into relations with Potiphar's wife and maybe he had, you know, then there would have been like hypothetical of, okay, well, maybe he could have tried to integrate into Egyptian culture that way. Maybe he would have become some kind of, you know, I don't know, minister or some kind of position. He never would have reached prime ministership, prime minister. 
because the fantasy will never get you to the position, the fullness of the dream of what the dream is that God has because wow. the fantasy is not big enough. But wow. and this is really, really but with important. the fantasy, with the fantasy, there's something that's really key here, and that is in a fantasy, you will never see how big God is. Never. Never see how big God is, ever. And see, this is the problem, Pastor. When you start to see how in your concept and your mindsets and your eye that how big God is to you, that's when you could easily fantasize because you don't see the God that put the puzzle it's a blueprint of a picture. So that makes him bigger than anything. It makes him one who predestines your entire life, someone who predestines the plan. And so this is when we start to add to by adding more pieces to the picture. And then we lose the picture. We totally lose it because we're creating another picture. Yeah. So true. And so where I come in to do with this, and uh, I know my burden tonight is that I feel that the church is losing the The picture picture. and is beginning to embrace the fantasy. I know God to be who he is. And that means he is supreme. Yeah. He is also the one who can bring the dream because he's the one that gives the dream. Mm. But yet we, we don't get this. So in the church today, we have two camps. Mm. We, and we have uh, people like the church out in the world who are in two camps. So we can't add this up in our mind yeah. or in our supposed soul yeah. area. So we start adding to the picture. One thing I know with God, and that is, he doesn't keep giving more and more and more. When you don't get it, he repeats it. When you don't get it in your life, he's not going to give you another direction until you get the direction he gave you. Mm. And so in saying all that, it's like for me, it's like uh, where we're at at the moment is we think we can build on something Mm. that is not, it's corrupt. I'll put it like that. It's corrupt. And we think now we can go on and we can build on it and we can go to the next stage. Christians are beginning to believe that lie. And because of that, they think the foundations will be secure. Mm. But nothing is secure that you build on corrupt foundations. It will crumble. You have to come back, let God tie up the loose ends so that you can go forward. Wow. So maybe as we we go into the break, 
Pastor, you mentioned to me um, before church tonight the situation with the American election. Yeah. It's critical that we as the church pray that whatever has been fraudulent and whatever has been a lie or a theft has to be America, finished. America can't build on that. That's no. a that's a, a really bad foundation. Let's and and that and that's um that's why we need to in a sense lift that issue up before the Lord's throne and and get the Lord to somehow respond. And so we give it a different date, and we think because we give it a different date and a, a different way. That that's God. But it's never God. Never God. Uh, um, let me say this to you. Let me go to break. Let me say this. The prophet Isaiah prophesied the coming of the Lord. And because he didn't come when he was there, he didn't change the date. It was still coming when God said he was coming. Jesus coming with the government on his shoulders. Do you understand what I'm saying? So um, I think church need to clean up our act a bit here. We're, we're dropping prophecies, we're dropping this, we're dropping that. Now we're going to have a big committee of prophets and now we're yeah. going to do this and now we're going to do that. How about we let what God said in you land? Mm. And if we don't get it, Instead of trying to get everybody to get it, let the Holy Spirit repeat it till it's got. Well, I don't need to say anything else for you guys. That was a good chunk of enough for you to chew on until we come right back from this break. Hi everybody, it's Pastor Nate here again. I seem to be the one that brings you all the cool announcements. Not. Anyway, two announcements. We have Dipping Night resuming its relaunch for 2021 in person. That's right. We're coming back and we're being in person again, face to face, shoulder to shoulder, rubbing on each other in a godly way, in a safe church way. So uh, if you would like to join us in person, registration for this will be online. It will be released this week, the first week of March, and then it will be available for the other events that will take place in person. There will be a new format, some new things introduced because we're changing things up. But as always, we are doing things in flow with the Holy Spirit, following His lead and making sure that we give you the best and helping you to understand the voice of God and how to, you know, partner with you and see God's plan fulfilled for your life. So Dippy Night is that place that you need to come to if you want to hear God speak to you. You can sign up now by visiting dippingnight.talk.org. Don't matter what country you're in, what location, if you can't do it in person, you can also do it online. There's more information at talk.org or dippingnight.talk.org. Go there now and be a part of what God's doing. And the second announcement is that Connect Groups are resuming in April, the month of April, the year 2021. We believe that April is the month that God has shown us is all about connecting and reconnecting. So every second Thursday night, 
we're going to have special connect groups located in different locations, different boroughs, each so that everyone can get a chance, whatever borough they're in, to be a part of it. Also, we're going to be adding some special interest connect groups based on what God is calling you to or different prayer types and other things to come in the future. So we encourage you to join your connect group, build connection, build godly fellowship and, you know, godly community and really lock in so that you can connect to your completion. We'll see you soon. God bless. Um, you mentioned daydreaming and yep, fantasy. Daydreaming. Wow. I, I, I must look up what the word fantasy means in the dictionary. Is it related to fancy somehow? I Yeah, it comes from a Greek word. I forget the root of it. But what we were talking about Demonic. in the break was... <laughs> was Because, um, again, it goes back to... See, I'm all about... Because, again, my course, Can we all about... about but bring us in so yes. you can let can the people, listeners, yes. know the what we're talking about so they don't feel like they got here for the sub- left behind from the party. The gap. Yes. So, and see what had happened was. My you tell us. My flesh got fried because he <sighs> was talking about fantasy and then they were talking about the dreaming. So the fantasy is basically like a daydream. That's according right. According to Dr. Wide Ryan. awake. Wide awake. You are playing with your imagination illegally. Mm. And you see how I was listening? You see how I was listening? Um, <laughs> and then dreaming is when you are asleep, because we have established in the first segment that there were times where the Lord had to put people to sleep to give them the dream to see his yeah. picture. And that's him showing you his picture while you're asleep. That's all the gems. Was there something else I missed? Yeah, I'll explain. Imagination good. gets used in daydreaming. Um, it's a different form of using your imagination. And now he comes with the science, right? So one thing that I'm learning about with vision and the heart is that the brain actually is the generator of images, not the eyes. Catch me on this. So when you look with your eyes, your eyes don't tell you what you see. Mm-hmm. Your eyes send a you know neurological message to the brain the brain then processes and gives information to what that is. Mm-hmm. So that's why your perception is very different to the person next to you. I could see this room and I could see something and point out something as being you know, the main thing, but you wouldn't call that the main thing. Mm-hmm. But scientifically, that's how we see. The, the eye sends messages to the brain, takes in light, it takes in information, and then that gets sent to the brain. But the heart is the not just the you know transmission of what we see. Mm-hmm. It's like the gatekeeper. It's like the translator. Yeah. But what's funny is with imagination in daydreaming, you're using everything that you see around you to create a visual. But it's coming from what you see with this. When you dream, what's, God puts this. What's this? This, for the listeners, is your brain, your mind, your logic, your reasoning, your comparison, your understanding, your perception. Pastor Robin talked about in the first segment, don't let your understanding of God be God. Yeah. 
So right. your perception of who God is can be a deception of who God is. Yep. Because Very it's not much. it's not big enough. Whoa. You know, like just because I believe this is God, that isn't the full encapsulation of who God is. And, and so my perception has to line up with his character. I think it comes down to what Pastor just said. Just because I believe, I want to say it doesn't make it God. Yeah. It doesn't make it God. It's like you're trying to make it God. And only God can make it God. Mm. And he's the only one that can get your belief to see that it is God. And so when I talk about this to do with the state of the church, I'm talking about there is so much double-mindedness going on. Yeah. That there is confusion, and confusion usually is a, a step to clarification. But I'm waiting to see the clarification that comes out of result of the confusion, because I think we're so much in the confusion we haven't even headed towards the clarification yeah. yet. Wow. And what's important about this Was step, that a mouthful or what? No, it was very good. Okay. <laughs> um, and I want to continue on this, this, this theme because if you do a study in the Bible, most of the scheming and most of the humanistic thinking of destiny and future comes, now catch me what I'm saying, when people are awake. But yet God's destiny is revealed to when they're put to sleep. He puts Adam to sleep and he brings out Eve. He puts Abraham to sleep and he makes a covenant with him. He puts yeah. Jacob to sleep and he shows him angels ascending and descending from heaven and yes. he reestablishes a covenant with him. He puts Joseph to sleep and he talks about how he's going to bring a whole nation into the part of his promise. Why is it important that he's putting us to sleep? Because God is telling you, I want that thing that you've deified out of the way. Yeah. This and is the thing that is going to get in the way of you seeing the full scope of my dream for you. If you deify this, you'll only ever see the fantasy that you think is your dream, but that isn't big enough. So you have to put this out of the way so you can engage this. I put it before you that even in this, uh, you know, this dream, you begin to see fantasy, even yes. in that dream. Yes. And so that's the thing that must be put to sleep. Even in your dream, you can fantasize. It's true. It's even true. Even in your dream, you can daydream. Even in your dream, it's true. you can miss how big God is. You can miss this. Yep. And so what is the Lord really saying to us when he talks about fantasizing and dreaming well we can look at it we could say well you know is separating the dream from the fantasy but i think there's something bigger that is saying in all this and that is it's, he's bigger than the dream mm. and bigger than the fantasy and we need to see that because he's supreme in this yeah. and uh we don't add to the picture, you know. 
We don't take away from it, but boy, we're doing a lot of adding at the moment. And when we start adding to the picture of our life, we start to create a different picture, not even the picture that has its destiny in God. Um, so because I wasn't there at the sermon, um, you're forgiven. Me. It's okay. You're forgiven. <laughs> Thank you. I'm asking. Um, <laughs> I heard, or I think it was you, Pastor. Only give me a little uh, description of a portion of your sermon where you were talking about that letting go process. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Rob was just saying like, you know, we're, there's such a bigger picture, but you were kind of creating this analogy of the letting go process. Do you understand? Well, it's a picture. It doesn't, it's not a bigger picture. It's a picture. A picture. Got you. Because we want to make it a bigger picture by adding more pieces. Oh, never mind. But they don't fit in. I repeat. Hey, yeah, yeah, I mentioned the, um, you know, as we're journeying on this, you know, this journey and we're trying to reach this destiny that we believe God has shown us, we have to allow him to direct the course of our, you know, of our river, yeah. whichever way he, he deems necessary. And this is what we don't like because sometimes when the Lord starts to change course, we think to ourselves, no, the vision is changing. This is not what I I was hoping would happen, or this is not a course of action that I believe God showed me, and so we end up, in a sense, fighting against God because He wants to take us on a journey that's now changing its course, not its destiny, its course. Remember, the the distance between two points in the natural is a straight line. It never is that with God. You know, like David and Joseph and Moses all knew that they were called to fulfill something for their generation, but their understanding of how to fulfill that call was changed completely. And I mentioned this tonight. Moses thought by killing the Egyptian and standing up for what was right, Israel would know that he was the deliverer and they treated him like he was the enemy. Yeah. You know? Um Joseph again, you know, you mentioned, he mentioned. Can I just add quickly on what there, that, that's the key. Because Moses' belief of how to be a deliverer was not God's belief of being a deliverer. deliverer yeah. Like the way that Moses believed what a deliverer should be, think like, feel like, act like, did not line up with God's way of being a deliverer, which goes again to Dr. Robin's point. It wasn't encapsulating who God was. It was encapsulating who Moses was. And the fantasy will always encapsulate who you are in the picture more than who God is in the dream because he's bigger than the dream. And, and, and the results you get, because Moses' attempt to be deliverer maybe sorted out one problem, exactly. one life, right? He brought justice for one man, one Hebrew. But when God used him, he brought justice and he brought um, liberty to, um, you know, like nearly two million people. That's a big, big difference. I think, and I'd like to maybe throw something else in here and and uh, say, you know, um, you're talking about Moses, we, we talk about the children of Israel, but uh, what did Moses say really bring to the children 
and that is, uh, you know, God's heard your cries. He's taking you out of there. Uh, you know, uh, you've embraced your problem. You've embraced your your failure. And now I can take you forward. I can take you forward. And I think that what we need to learn is when we fail, we embrace that failure. We don't uh, build on that failure. Oh, that's good. That's we really never good. build on a failure. We embrace it. It becomes something that we learn from and then God takes us and grows us from it. But you don't build on it. And we honestly believe mm. that uh, wrong foundations, we can build a strong um, building on that and uh, you know if we you know add a little bit here we can maybe change the story and then uh, we can take the flow of the river in another direction but like you said pastor tonight about the flow of the river needs to calm down it needs <laughs> to slow down and one of the best ways to stop a river from going full pelt is yeah. to put banks in the river mm. where you hit a bank of the river and it slows that flow down, turns and moves it before it moves fast again. And I, I believe that uh, one of the things the Lord is trying to say to the church today is slow down. You're even running ahead of me. You're mm. creating your own picture. Uh, uh, you're adding to it, yep. you're starting to build another picture. And what I want you to do is see the picture that I've built mm. and that what I can show you was on the board. Yeah. And so this is really important because the God that I know, if he has to, he'll repeat what he was saying yep. until you get it. He won't keep giving you more and more mm -hmm. and more so nothing lands because it's only bringing confusion. It brings confusion into our lives. It's bringing confusion into the world. So we as Christians need to stop interfering with the dream. Mm. I can actually... I can, use, I can give the, our, our listeners and our viewers two examples in our own lives as, as a family. When, um, when Pastor Nate and Pastor Chris were growing up, they both had a desire to be in like music and to be producers and singers and so forth. And we, we wanted to encourage that. And so um, Nate uh, especially went into a a dance training program that was just, just war. It was so tough because he lived, he breathed, he, you know, he ate and drank dance. But in Australia we found he, he, he got to the place in Australia where he felt the Australian industry had reached its, its, its maximum as far as helping him out and that's what led to uh, him, his, himself and his mum coming to Los Angeles to maybe you know you know get a higher qualification a higher a higher standard and and that was okay for a little while but at and, and after maybe a year Nate was saying to his mum and I um, if I'm going to be serious about this I've got to get to New York right yeah. 
And so I began praying, well, Lord, New York is the place where the arts are really the cream of the crop. Let's get him there. And very soon after the LA trip, in fact, it was about a year later, uh, we ended up coming to New York. Now, we came to New York and we were on a course of getting Christian artists into an industry that's pretty dark. Right, the dance industry, the music industry. He wanted to record songs. Him and his sister came. They wanted to record songs. They wanted to make their mark. And there was nothing wrong with that. God was in that. But boy, did the river start changing course, right? I think that the biggest part of it was uh, God was able to touch Nathan and really show him his the dream. And it wasn't connecting with uh, our son at the time because his picture was different. It was starting it. And then uh, so once true. he got the same picture, he, the, the answer is sometimes we try to add to that picture to see how it's all going to come to pass. You or know? subtract. I or tried subtract. to subtract a lot you of things. You tried to take parts out of that I did. picture I did. and maybe put your little part. I tried to subtract in. my voice. Yes. Yeah, you didn't yes. want to sing on stage. You just and, wanted and to dance. you know what Nate's voice is like. So, well, That was a very foolish <laughs> thing that the Lord <laughs> had you. to bring to a standstill very, very quickly. And it was like, well, I'd like to just be a backup dancer, you know. And <laughs> we we had him trained, you know what I mean? We spent a lot of money getting Nathan trained and qualified. And my statement was, God, is this what it's about? Mm. And all he said to me, no, watch me. Mm. And then within uh, a week or so, uh, Shania, I confronted him and I said, the Lord said, you're going after the wrong thing. You're a singer first and a dancer second. And that so was that very hard to hear because... Oh, he wanted to hours get and very hours, upset about it. Thousands of hours of training yeah. and God saying the course of the river is going this way to Nate and then pastor comes along as the, the prophet in his life you know, and says, no, the, the Lord is turning your course this way. This is the main way. And it was and he never going with that it. way. <laughs> can I just say a couple of points because I can share from my own experience. Go for it. This was because I believed myself to be one thing and didn't see who God was making me to be. So yeah. I settled in my heart for who I thought I was. Yeah. I thought I could be that backup dancer that goes on tour. And let's, I'll be honest, let's be real because we've got to get honest. Yep. I didn't want to be put in the place of having to be the one that confronted and be the one that brought, you know, um, conviction. How do you say a godly conviction? I wanted the the position where okay I can go on tour be a backup dancer and I can share the gospel in the green rooms ah he's I adding can share to the, the gospel picture. I can share the gospel backstage before we go out you know in Madison Square Garden because that was where I was going and Shania can you see he put his own pieces in the puzzle yeah. because my yeah. fantasy of what God's picture looked like was all about my insecurity. Because I wasn't strong enough in my faith. I wasn't strong enough in my established identity in Christ. 
I did not want to be a pastor. I did not want to be in the church. Can we please just go back? You went one stage further back. We need to go to that because it's so important. You accepted singing but not in the church. This is it. This is what I wanted to say. <laughs> so we got to at least on the same you know, picture now, but we hadn't discovered all the pieces put together to make the p- picture full. So it was... It was like a bartering. The Lord yeah, said to me yeah, through, through my leadership, singing. No. And I want to help someone because maybe you've gone through this and yeah. hopefully this can help you because I wanted to share this tonight, but I'm glad we're doing it in the portal. I had spent 15 years training to yeah. be a dancer. Now that is discipline every day to go to class. That's pushing my body to limits. Yeah. That's... Uh, yeah not eating certain things, that's not going to certain things, that's being waking up. First I was doing it for gymnastics and then the Lord and allowed swimming. me and, and the Lord allowed me because gymnastics was something that I was really good at but I never had a passion for and I was dying inside. And the Lord said to me, right, you're not just going to do something that you're good at, you're going to do something you love. And so I fell in love perform- with performing arts. I remember the day, it's like my, you know, a true Hollywood story. I would say this to someone if they were like, when did you fall in love with the arts? I was 15 years old and my grandmother had given me tickets, our whole family to go and see The Lion King. Mm-hmm. And I was in a place where I was tossing up, what do I do, gymnastics or do I do something else? Because I'm really good at gymnastics, but I just don't love it. Like, everybody tells me I'm really good at it, but I don't love it. Wasn't your passion. It wasn't my passion. And I said to my mum, I was like, I need to I need to have a break. I need to find, you know, something else. Well, long story short, we were in the Capitol Theatre in Sydney. And the moment the curtain opened and I heard that first, you know, Rafiki let out her her note. Uh, it's not that godly now, but God no. used it. Yeah, you know, sure It's like my heart just opened up. And I was drawn straight away to the stage. And you turned to me. And I turned to my mum and I said, that is what I want to do for the rest of my life. That's my passion, mum. That's my passion. So in saying all that, saying all that, well, that was great. That was his passion. (laughs) I never got got God's passion. Do you know, Shania, that helped Dad and I because we were being stretched with swimming, with gymnastics and uh, with dancing. and. And there was so much going on, there was never time to live. You know, we just, Pastor and I just said, hi, goodbye, hi, goodbye. That's how it went. He was up in the morning taking in swimming. I would take over with the dance and then we would both turn up for the gym. I said, Nate, something's got to go here. God's (laughs) got to do something here or you know, it's not just killing you, this, it's killing it's, me. It's not healthy for any of us, you know. But I wanted to say when we did take him that night, I said, Nate, something's got to give here. Something's got to give. God has got to do something. That night God started to do something. He knew, his pa- he knew then his passion was for that. And so therefore then the Lord said to him after that, um, it's not good for you to be singing in the world. I want you to sing in the church. Yeah, let me let me backtrack because I want to I want to help someone that maybe is going through this. So again, my mindset was I'm a dancer, I'm a mm. dancer, I'm a dancer, and for nearly twenty years, 
that was what I saw my fulfillment as. And this is the key. When you limit who God is in your life and you limit what he can do through you, your fulfillment can't be seen outside of that fantasy. Very that is good. that is that is the I could the Lord would say to me like I'm going to make you a singer like you know I'm going to use your voice and in my brain I could not contemplate how my voice was going to be used more than my ability to dance and here comes the reasoning here comes the logic I haven't I mean I've been trained as a voice you know and as a singer but I mean I've spent years going to workshops being inputted by the best of the best you know, singing was something I did on Sundays. It was nice. It was cute. I did my classical exams. <laughs> but this is how God did it. Fast forward. So I get that word and then I kick against it. I say, no, Lord, I don't want to be a singer. So what happens? I lose my voice. While I'm at Juilliard. Oh, that's right. Enrolled, I lost my voice for six months. Yep. Every time I would sing and open my mouth, I would crack. It would crack, yeah. And I would break. And that made you not want to sing. Yeah, and it's funny because it made me not want to sing even more. And I thought, Lord, what are you doing to me? You're taking dance off me to give me something that... And again, it was all about my own confidence, my own ability. And I had to rely and learn from scratch. I remember Pastor Tony giving me a word saying, your voice has been like a string and it's broken, obviously with the change of life, becoming a man. But spiritually, the Lord is like retuning your voice. He's getting you to learn everything again. Because what I had relied on was not what God wanted me to rely on. My ability, my strength to, to be confident to do, you know, dancing. Because, I mean, if you put me in a dance audition, I had, there was, uh, I mean, you get nerves, but I was confident in my ability. I, and it, unfortunately, I, I realize now looking back, it put me in a place to not rely on God's ability because I was so confident in my own ability. Why I'm saying all this is I had to learn that God's vision for me was bigger than what I would have given myself. And I think you had to learn something else. And that was your concept of singing for God had to change. It was more, uh, not even a fantasy, it was more... Uh, uh, what's the opposite of fantasy? You would say a disaster. Yeah. Because the disaster was what? God, I've seen the church. I've seen how they behave, how they sing. Ugh. I can't sing those boring songs. <laughs> he never saw the dream that God had. Never. And then when, wow. when we get a break and I get a, I got a shot... At the, at the background of all of that, the Lord is using his dream and his course to get <laughs> to us on us course. To get us on course. Because my dream was nowhere near New York and the United States. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In my way of thinking, and, and I know Pastor will speak about her experience, but we had been going to Asia year after year after year, and I was thinking, well, God, if you're going to, send us on a church planting mission, it's got to be Asia because that's where we've been or going. Africa. Or Africa or, or, you know, the Middle East even. Because um, we were going on missions, you know, year after year. And mm-hmm. and we even tried to um, start a church in Malaysia, remember? And the Lord it lasted about <laughs> three months. It got to about a dozen people and then it just died. 
And I'm, I'm scratching my head. I'm thinking, okay, where do we go from here? And then, and then anyway, as, as we go through the break, we'll, we'll explain how the Lord, in the back of all of Nate's trials and tribulations and blessings, man, the Lord started dealing with, you know, Pastor and myself about what his ultimate vision for our lives was and for I the think church it, at large. It didn't, it, let me just clarify on that one. It didn't die, but it sort of put me in a position where I was always helping another man's ministry. Vernon God. Falls, I would go and teach in his school. I don't know, you don't know Vernon Falls. It's well, a, it's what it's school of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. You and always, I would go and yeah, you teach. always let me come and equip your yeah, students. Yeah, I'll come and, and equip yours, and so I, I began to believe. Never that, a dean of your own. Yeah, so I never believed that. Uh, you know, that uh, in the end, I said, Lord, <laughs> you brought us to Asia for me to build someone else. Okay, that's what you want. But uh, that's when he said, that's not what I want. <laughs> it's not what I want. And, uh, you know, I, I need to show you that you're, I'm bigger than you see me. Wow. And so that began my dream. Wow, that was quite the story there, man. Well, we're happy to have you here in New York <laughs> doing what you're supposed to be doing in the dream. We're going to take a quick break um, from our listeners um, and chat with our Portals Live audience for a little bit. And listeners, we'll be right back. Hi, everybody. Pastor Nate here, and I am excited to announce the SOAP graduation of 2021, the first one in spring on March 19th at 8.30 p.m. It's a Friday night and we will have a special dinner, a special event where we recognize the achievements of all the SOAP students and their study over the last two years. We encourage you if you have been enrolled in courses over the last two years, counseled by God, abiding in Christ, communion with God, advancing in the prophetic, foundations in the prophetic, both in person and online, and any other course, please look out in your email inbox and you'll receive more details with what's going to happen and how you can attend. It is a black tie event, so come dressed in your best to impress and we'll see you there. God bless. Listeners on Spotify, you should add us on Facebook temporarily while we're still there uh, because the Portals Live definitely starts to unpack and sometimes we don't get a chance to record everything because, I mean, we don't want to keep it so lengthy, but it's definitely worth tuning in um, with us on Sunday, Monday mornings. <laughs> um because it's prophetic time. It's yeah, prophetic yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's PT. Yes. Because, oh, I like that. Um, because it, it just was so much that was just unpacked. And um, in summary, we were still discussing just this journey of um, God curbing our desires um, into his dream. Even when we are fantasizing and taking it alongside, he's always there gently trying to get us to choose his version of the picture. It's not just his desire. 
victory. Go ahead. Or our desire. It's not. He's curving our belief system. Thank you. He's curving our mindsets. He's curving them because we can build a whole thing on our belief system and we can try to see this is going to be a strong foundation because uh, we think it should go this way or we think it should go that way. And that's all part of fantasy because when the Lord declares his will, nothing should go any other way but the way God says it's to go. And that curves now. When we start curving our mindsets and our belief systems, we start to fantasize. And Dr. Rob, I wanted to add on to what I was saying in the portal's life. Please go listen to it because we shared from our personal testimony of how God curved. Curved is a good word. Well, curved, I think it's your belief yeah. system and your mindset curved and mine. Mine curved yes. yours, curved yours of, you know, how we were going to stay yeah. in Australia yeah. for the rest of our lives. You know what I'm saying? But the funny thing, what I was saying to the Portals Live audience is that God has been doing this. The Lord Jesus Christ has been doing this from the beginning of time. He started with Adam in the garden in total intimacy. That was a place of total union, yeah. total fellowship. Then sin robbed that. And so from the moment of the fall, God has been curving man back to his original plan to see that, you know, breath wasn't close enough. Like, I'll give you the example. So they fall into the model of, you know, sacrificial worship through putting, you know, um, offerings on the altar. Like we know Abel gave an offering, right? That was an instituted place. Then we move into Moses and then the children of Israel in the desert with the tabernacle. And then we go into David and Solomon with the temple. And so slowly but surely throughout history, God is bringing them right back around to get them to see. Remember, the key is he wants you to see and then you make the choice that it's not enough. You make the choice that it doesn't show enough of who he is because they had to go into the temple. They had to go into the tabernacle system. They had to have it taken away to desire it again. Yeah. See, to bring them all back to the fact that he wants to live inside of them through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so if I can encourage everyone listening don't kick against the curving. Like you said or tonight. Or the slowing down. Or, or the, the bending in the river. Because you said tonight the journey can be easy if you just go with it. Yeah, and the quicker you go with it, the faster it happens. Can you bring that out? Because that was very encouraging what you said during our worship service about something you said. I, it just lost me that quick because... But that's what you said. I actually <laughs> yes. said there we when go. <laughs> you um, are working with the dream that God has, the picture that God has for you, then it can go quickly to bring the picture into full focus. Right. And we, we think that if uh, we don't help it, if the fantasy doesn't help it to go somewhere, it, it's going to slow down. Fantasies slow things down. They don't quicken things Whoa. up. That is a gem and a half. Yes, because you were elaborating on that by saying, like, the mistakes we make. Okay, we made a mistake. We're moving forward, but we don't build upon the fantasy, even in ourselves. 
um, that we have to be willing to. I can't remember what you said. Uh, we had to be willing to do something. You said we can't be willing to just um, build on the mistake. Yes, we have to come is. back to the oh, mistake and see it healed. The failures. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You said that tonight in worship. You've got to embrace failure. You don't build on it. Mm. You embrace it. God grows you through it. Yeah. It's not a building on it. It's a growing. So the failure has to be embraced. But what are we really talking about to do with fantasy? It's, as you said, Pastor, we've got to let God take those fantasies out of our lives because it's all about how he's going to do what he's going to do. We're who all, and who he is, it's all about God in this. Fantasies minus God. Dreams have God. Fantasies don't include God. Like I said in the break, when I was living in the fantasy of what I believed the vision looked like, my interest was not in knowing the fullness of who God was. It was in knowing the fullness of what I could do for God, the fullness of what I could be in God. But the emphasis was me. Right. And it, again, it comes down to... Your idea, your belief system gets tied up with the fantasy of God's dream for you. We've got to be careful with that. You can hit that because they need to listen to that. That is really important. What is a fantasy? It's letting your mindset or your belief system tell you how God's going to do it. And it's not going to be like that at all. You've got to let God reveal and unfold the dream. And then, as a result of that, you're going to see how big God is, the one that gave you the dream. You, you know what also convicted me on this journey of becoming a dancer, then, you know, wanting to do it for church and wanting to do it for the youth and things like that? One of the biggest things the Lord asked me, he's like, oh, so you can't dance in church? <laughs> I remember struggling Let's wanting to this. dance in church. <laughs> oh, but, oh, if it, I was in a party in the world, I'm breaking it down, busting it down, flipping it upside down and doing all that. But when it came to, and Pastor Robert, I, I laugh about this all the time because I first came to this church. Pastor Robert didn't care to what song it was. She didn't care what <laughs> style of dance you did as long as you danced. When she thought the Holy Spirit was saying, like, it, you need to do this. Little did she know it was breaking so much because the hatred for even wanting to be a part of church and having this fantasy of being in the world, because I was always told religiously my style of dancing was not of God. So she would have me good up there dancing. I'd be like all subtle, like, um, oh, I don't like doing it. But, oh, the world tell me to go audition. I can go audition one, two, three, and hit all everything, you know? So it's just interesting. I'm just joking to myself, laughing in my head, because I'm like, wow, I didn't even want to do his dream, his desire, and all that for the church. And that's a, a huge indicator of where, you know, my fantasy was lying. I mean, can I, can we, can, that, can we, oh, I want to touch this so good. <laughs> touch it, touch it, touch it. Touch Why it. don't we want to do it in church? Because ah, it ain't about him. Because we lose control of it when it's in church. Oh, my gosh. We have to come into the shadow of something bigger. Ooh. 
than ourselves. See, for God to use my gift in church means it's no, it's, it's no longer me telling the gift. And this is, I'm talking to Christian artists out there, real specific. This is why, and you use the excuse of church hurt. But I'm telling you, the world has hurt you 10 times more than the church has hurt you. And if the world can hurt you and you yep. still want to reach the world and use them as a medium, you better be ready to do it in the four walls of the church because there's safety, there's protection, there's security. And there's an anchor. Come on, let's get real. Stop using church hurt as an excuse to not bring back to the house of God what the house of God gave you in oh. the first place. Oh, yeah. my. I said it tonight in our rehearsal. If you're a creative, you're from the family of Jubal and Asaph. Those are your priesthood. That's your call. Mm. It started in the church. It's got to be back in the church before it can reach the world. Yep. Sorry, I, had to rant on that I, one. I think that that's really important. You know, this is all about God's business. This is not about our business. This is about God's business. It's not about the world's business. It's about God's business. And uh, we need to be Christians first and gifted second. And I didn't want to bring it to the church because I knew if I brought it to the church... I'd have to surrender to all my ideas, Ooh, how I thought God was going to do it. Ooh. See, even with NLG, it was it was easier because it was an extension, an outreach, but it didn't have the word church labeled to it. And but the moment we bring our gifting into church, then God says, right, hang on. now you're playing by my rules. I think it comes down to this one thing, and this yes. might remind you of some words that you might have said. Uh, I want to be famous. Yep. I want to be powerful for God. Uh, you need our <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and that's, that's how we think. We tell God how we want to be. You see, that's fantasy, guys. That's just fantasy. Yep. You're daydreaming. You probably put yourself on the same level as God. Oh. You know what? And Pastor, most of the preachers preaching today on YouTube are fueling this fantasy. I know that. Every are. sermon is about how you can, you said and it to the gospel this morning, the American gospel. Is fueling this fantasy. And so we're dropping every single word, every five minutes. We've got another word from God. Uh, guys, I can't handle these words. Uh, I just want to hear the word that the Lord says, and if I don't listen to it, have him repeat it till I get it. Why don't you ask God what his passion is? Ask him. Then you might get the answer you need. Whatever man does, God's passion is for those children. He'll move heaven and earth for the children. Pastor Tony, share on this because you shared on it this morning, this gospel that's being preached, you know, um, come to God and he'll give you this and you can do this for him. And it's all fantasy in the sense of it's always about what he's going to give you, where he's going to take you, who you're going to become. It's never about transformation, never about actual repentance. Yeah, um, this morning I was, I was uh, sharing about how I called it the US gospel because – the tele the tele evangelists have dominated the TV. Just call it the tele 
Well, I'll call it the westernised yes, gospel. Definitely. The westernised gospel. It's commercialised. And so it... But, you know, I, to be truthful, it's, it stems from the US version of the gospel because this is where tele-evangelism began. Yes. And so to keep the ratings up, right, less offence is being broadcast on the TV networks. And so now the gospel is you come to the Lord and your life becomes better, which is true, right? But they've pulled away from what we call repentance. And that's the first words of Jesus and John the Baptist. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so when you take repentance out of the gospel, now it's a commercialized gospel. You're hearing things that... Um, sort of minister to the psyche, the soul, Ugh. not the spirit. Ugh. And so Nate mentioned, you know, why do artists not want to do it in church? Because when you do it in church, only Jesus is the star. Ooh. Right? So um, that's what I wanted to share this morning. And, My God. and the other thing was at the at behind this vision that Nate and was was walking through. There's a parallel vision. We're just coming along to, in our thinking, help our son and our daughter. But then, and then the Lord uses all of that, right, to start another vision that we weren't even ready for, but we'll probably cover that in another But you just need to bring the teaching, not the testimony after the testimony, because we could go all week. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the teaching about what you just said? And that is what? What's the summarising of it, this great testimony about? You're well, saying about the Lord was doing a, a behind-the-scenes work. Yeah. yeah to there was talk another on changing that. of another, course for another, us another as course. ministers. Yeah. While, he, while the Lord was sorting out you know, our son and daughter and their, yeah. their vision, he really challenged us on well, our Well, he vision. certainly did with our fantasies, didn't Absolutely. he? Absolutely. He dealt with them and he slowed the river down. And he hit a couple of banks. And, uh, you, you know, um, I think, again, I'm going to say what I learned from it out of this whole situation is uh, I didn't like my concept of God because he seemed to be uh, not a spontaneous God but a very impetuous God that sort of, I, you know, stumbling into things. Oh, another thing happened. And, and I would see it like this is not a predestined God, um, a, a, a destiny God. This is more like someone who's, uh, I, well, not, I know what's going to happen today, Robert. I know what's going to happen in your life. It's like... Okay, open up the door. Suddenly, we're going to see what happens. And it was just too impetuous. It was way too impetuous. And, and that way, the fantasies would just get more and more. So, and I would think, well, maybe a bit of daydreaming of how God's going to do this. And it was so dangerous. And I see it in the church all the time. And people are encouraged to go this way. It's like God doesn't know what he's doing. So I got to just daydream a bit and find out maybe help uh, the direction this way or help the direction that way. And I'm sorry, it doesn't work. God's got a dream for you. 
He's got a will for you. Yeah, like Pastor said, go to sleep. When you dream, go to sleep. Don't daydream. And then what happens then is he's a predestined God. So he's got a plan, a plan that's going to unfold these parts of the picture. And you don't need to fantasize how God's going to do it. You don't need to fantasize the dream. You don't need to fantasize at all. Because the moment you start that, I believe you come into a very dangerous position where you illegally enter into a spiritual experience that needs to be dealt with. And I know you could come on that. Yeah, it's... Fantasy, fantasizing, daydreaming, I said it in the first segment, it's using your godly imagination in an illegal way because it's divining through what you see as a... And it is a a form of divining. It's a divining of, well, this could be the way. So you begin to create pathways in the mind of how this could be possible and that pathway then begins to stir ungodly emotion of anxiety, stress, fear, anxiousness. This is exactly what... Impetuousness. This is what Sarai did. This could be the way that God will do it. This could be the way that he'll answer Abraham. She was wide awake, by the way. Maybe she should have gone to sleep and asked God for a dream. But um, because she began to use her sensory, you know, faculties to develop... I'm going to rephrase. She used earthly faculties to try and develop a spiritual picture. And then she lost concept of who the God was that she that spoke to her in the first place and loved her and called her. She lost concept of that and she got herself more on the fantasy of how it was all going to come to play. And this is she added to the story, Chenea. She added. And Pastor, what was God more interested in showing Sarah or Sarai at the time? Mm. That she could be a mother? Yeah. Or that he was who he said he was? No, who he said he was. And this is the key. We always make it about the thing what he's, he's more interested what he's saying about me more then, then than what, what he he's said about, about himself. himself. Yeah, yeah, Pastor, we hit that one. And that's the truth. And that's too dangerous because that makes God on my level. Yeah. That makes God in my box. That and makes my God emotional earthly. puppy. Earthly. He's not earthly. He's heavenly. I don't want him to be earthly because then if that was the case, I couldn't really take a hold of how big he is. And I say to all those I say to all those artists out there, all those people that are called to these worldly mountains, why would God send you out when you don't even believe what he says about you when you're in? Yeah. True. Why would he why would he trust you with going out when and having to fight if you can't believe and if you're still making it, if you're still asking him, Lord, who do you say that I am? Funny enough, Jesus said that to Peter. He was trying to say, it's not about who who you are, Peter. It's who do you say that I am? 
It's not about who you are. Right, yeah, you were a disciple, you failed, but that and can all be that can all be grown through. He said the same thing to Moses. Go tell him that the God that you serve wants you to let the people go that they might come to the mountain and worship him. Yeah, yeah. See, it's always emphasising that. And when we start to emphasise anything other than that, we're in trouble. So I want to come back and I want to challenge again because I'm here to challenge, I'm here to expose, I'm here to show you that if you stop listening to everyone, church, and get down and ask the Holy Spirit to show you what's going on, you might hear what God's passion is and then you might believe it and you would might not waver and start to fantasize anymore. And I want to finish by saying a good litmus test, because I'm all about the process of finding out whether you're in fantasy or you're in God's dream, is who are you asking? Um, what's the? Let me rephrase. When you ask the question about who do you say I am, who are you asking it about? Are you asking it about yourself still? Or are you asking it about the Lord? Because that will show you a good barometer of whether you're still engaging in fantasy to fill insecurity, to fill identity voids. Because if you keep asking God, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? He's saying, child, I've already told you who you are. I've already established who you are. But believe it. Now, who do you say I am? Because when you find out who you really say I am, then you'll get the vastness of the picture, of the dream. You won't get the vastness of the dream with just who you are. Yep, that's it. Wow. Yeah, I love what you just said about that, um, the litmus test, and also uh, the artistry. How can he trust us out when we don't even want to be placed in? This is the training grounds. For, you know, whatever. Is with an encouraging community. Yes. You don't even want to be placed inside with people that are filled with the spirit, that can speak life, that can rub shoulders on you in a good... You would rather go out there with sharks. You know what? And, and, and you would rather, uh, instead of seeking to find yourself, you would rather get confused by listening to everyone else. You rather... Add one more uh, I'm serious <laughs> about this. Uh, you know, my challenge, can I get that up just a little bit more? I want to say this. My challenge to you is I challenge each person that feels confused tonight to get down and speak to the Lord. Come on, this is good. Get down and speak to the Lord and let him show you and he'll talk to you some way or another, he will talk to you. And uh, guess what? You'll know. You'll believe because he's spoken to you. And you won't have to go and follow every prophet that you can find in town to believe because God himself will cause you to believe. Wow. Wow. I mean, this was definitely a smorgasbord of just 
grateful gems, especially because we've been uh, speaking into the rebirthing of the church. And as you said, uh, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm speaking into. We cannot build on this faulty foundation. We will anymore. not. It will not stand. It will not stand. There's an old, you know, a child's song. Yeah. Build on the rock. And tonight I said it in church. I want to build on the rock. Fall on the rock and not have the rock fall on me. Amen to that. There's a, there's a new lady, Shari. I believe, I just want to quickly mention, um, sh close... Close yes. the Spotify and mm -hmm. then we'll go into because yes. I believe I know who Shari is. Yes, is. we're just saying hi to another viewer. But guys, we just want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like us on our Facebook page to be included in our sub portals, our dialogue, and also the questions because sometimes we ask our listeners and viewers to ask questions and you can get the overflow from that. But until next time, bye bye now. Bye. Hi everyone, I'm Ashley from Torque, New York, and I'm sitting here with the lovely Pastor Natalie. Hi, how are you? Good. And we're here to introduce, identify her, Relaunch. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Since we haven't gathered for a while as ladies in the church, um, it's been such a, a thrill, challenging, stretching, but exciting to be a part of Identify Her, but can you give us some insight to what to expect? Well, we are all coming back together after having such, I think almost a year off um, during the COVID shutdown and all this kind of thing. So um, the first week, we definitely want to get together with all the ladies and just see how they've been going throughout the year, what the Lord has been showing them. But then also this week, we want to focus on a message that was preached tonight to do with fantasy and the truth, what the Lord is really wanting to bring out. So we really want to draw the ladies out of themselves and you know, express stuff that um, we'll share, share with everybody and see what um, the Lord has been doing in them and make them feel more comfortable with one another. Aw, snap, y'all. And if you didn't catch that, this will be in person. That sounds really exciting. I'm excited. We've, we've been needing it for a while. I bet. <laughs> when is this event? It's on Wednesday night, the 10th of March, sorry, 10th of March at 7.30. We're going to gather for about half an hour um, just to, you know, say hi, everybody, blah, blah, blah. And then at 8 o'clock, we'll start the meeting. All right, everyone. That's March 10th, 7.30 p.m. Be there or be square. Ladies, be prepared. After that segment, your mind is being blown. Well, wait till you listen to it again and again. Look, we know that you won't be able to get all these gems in one viewing, so you're gonna need to watch it a couple more times to let it land. Head on over to TorqueTV.org to watch this portal and all the others, exclusively whenever you want, as many times as you want. This means gem after gem gets to blow your mind. We have unique subscription options that will suit you. So it's easy for anyone to watch. Torque TV, hit that button, baby.
just for our listeners, we are doing a special episode bonus content of some prophetic friends and prophetic words because we feel God is ready to speak. Take it away, Dr. Robin. Okay. Um, I wanted to say this very strongly, and that is uh, to do with the innocence of little children and what is happening to children. Yes, happening to adults, but happening to children. This is the key. So I'm telling you from the Lord, and I don't prophesy uh, anything more into it because I think we've got far too much prophecy going on at the moment. And now we're going to make a a team of it and a committee of it. We're going to do this. You know what? This is what the Lord says. He's going to slow down the river. Because you are going to hear from him his will in this situation that will bring about his passion. Man's ideas will not move God. They will not move the Lord. And adding to that which is said will not move the Lord. But God's passion will move him. This is what the Lord wants you to know. You're about to see his passion, for it'll be in the fury of his love. You will see it. You have a word for anybody, Pastor Tony? Step out. The moment you pick up the mic, you'll have a word. That's what you, that's what you say in the, in the class. I know you've got to go move the car, but come on. I'm having a dysfunctional breakdown. Um, are we are we going to choose an area or whatever the Lord shows you? I believe it's for someone in um, New York City, actually. Wow. Um, there is there is a change coming in your life that you're fighting against, and I believe this is a leader, maybe even a pastor. Um, and your name is John, and the Lord is saying to you, Pastor John. Um, go with the turn. It is a challenge and it is also a blessing um, encapsulated in the new thing. And so um, resisting my spirit, which I have I've used in the flock to stir your heart. And so you're, you're falling into a trap thinking that you're being led by the flock no, I'm just using the flock to speak into an area where you are incapable of hearing me directly in, says the Lord. And this is going to be a big growth for the church and for you, says the Lord. Sorry about your mic. I think that cord is dying. But, yeah. Shanae, you have a word? Um, yes. Um, this word is for... Uh, Believers in Georgia. Mm. I just, I don't know if it's a small church or a group of believers. Um, but the Lord says, um, my sons and daughters, it is not time to kick against this current. I need you guys to center down and hear my voice as I direct you onto a new path out the water and on to solid rock and I just got a vision of this um, coming out of this current that was taking the wrong direction to stepping out 
on the concrete to walk alongside the water. Um, and the Lord says, I will direct you on a solid foundation for you have felt torn because the current has made you feel like you were drowning. So I am pulling you out of that current that is in unison in one way, but not in unity with my spirit. I'm pulling you out of the current to put you on solid rock to walk alongside and I will guide you to the end destination, says the Lord. My word is to the artists of New York City and the creatives from the lane of which I've come. And the Lord says to them, my children, you have been experiencing the void because I have created the void. The pandemic did not create the void. I created the void to show you that the fat has to belong to me in this offering. You cannot keep the fat for yourself. And so the Lord says, I'm positioning you in a different way like never before to be influencers and to be people that bring change. Yes, it's from within the four walls of the church for this moment because there's protection. But the Lord says to New York City artists, very specifically, New York is my center for the arts. No other city has been given that mantle. And by summertime, you will begin to see that mantle restored to the city, says the Lord. And I have another word. And the word of the Lord for the very church of Jesus Christ and for the situation that's taking place. Watch two states, says the Lord. Watch two states. I'll name the states, Georgia and Pennsylvania. Watch two states, says the Lord. I'm not telling you what I'm going to do. Watch and see, says your God. We done. He is done. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you were encouraged. If this worked for you, feel free to reach out. And we have a new uh, country to add. Yes, we want to welcome friends. Indonesia to the Portals family. Indonesia. I really want to praise God because Indonesia How is a Muslim more? country. And that yeah. means believers in Indonesia are being encouraged by Portals podcast. Wow. Why don't we find how many, how many countries do we have? I believe now we are over 20 countries. Over 20 yeah. countries. And they're being added to more and more. Can you, uh, can you name them? Um, I can not. I don't have the list with me, but I can okay. in our next portal. Please name them, them so we yeah. make the the uh, people aware of it. And please Welcome. name the ones the states yes. that we also. Touch. We're almost in fifty states. We I know almost that for are. Sure. We are in quite a lot. Uh, of states. I really want to hear about the countries and the states of America. All right. Well, we'll be bringing an update to you guys next week. Come on. So until next time, bye bye. Hi everyone, Ashley here from Torque, New York. I'm here to give you the upcoming event. On April 4th at 6.30, we'll have the next Resurrection Sunday production. To give you some details, 
Every year we do a service of the resurrection of Jesus Christ through drama, acting, creativity, and the word of the Lord. Stay tuned for this year's theme, The Fury of His Love. Please, oh please, you can come and join us in person or you can join us online. Tell your family, tell your friends, share, and we'll see you there. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Portals Podcast. We hope you were encouraged, uplifted, and challenged to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus. To get the latest episode, don't forget to subscribe to The Portals Podcast either via iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, or your talk app. Why don't you go ahead and share this with someone that you know needs to hear these life-changing truths that were revealed today. Or you can even tell us how it affected you by leaving us a comment or a review. We look forward to being with you again shortly. Until next time, God bless.